Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Justin Box. So good. Hey, recap. So I felt like the Lord highlight a, ver, a, a, a quote that I shared on March 11th. If you've been with us on the journey all year, you'll understand exactly where we're at as a church. And it's, it's, it might feel weird at times, we're stripping back some ministries, but there's purpose behind it because we've created options this year and, and allowing you guys to choose what you want to come to and what you want to be a part of. And it's really challenging not being told what to do. I love giving Bella choices. They're 30-second choices. We will make a decision after 30 seconds, but we'll always give her a choice. So we are going down the stairs, but you can walk or I can carry you. So we're passionate about giving her choice. It's not out of control and chaotic and she rules the roost, but it's empowering her how to live life the way that God allows it and understanding that we are her representation and model of how God treats her. So if we're not reflecting God, she's going to have issues when it comes to the things of God. So I love giving choice. So this year it's been about choice and it has felt really weird. But in the same breath, this morning, it's just he encouraged me like a punch to the stomach in a beautiful way. <laughs> he's, he's imparting courage into me this morning, saying it, it's good, consistency is happening, and it's one step in front of the other, and I'm not in a hurry. And I'm excited about putting some things in place next year that'll make sense to where we're currently at. But in... In uh, March, I spoke about a quote from John Maxwell when I was talking about consistency, and it said, motivation gets you going. Doesn't matter how talented you are, what's in your life, your gifts and abilities, if you don't have discipline and hard work, you'll never grow. So consistency is the key to life, John Maxwell said. But the first quote was, motivation gets you going. It's the spark. It's the, it's the starting point. And I spoke about how I felt the Lord highlight that quote now instead of March, the phrase motivation gets you going. And I felt like him saying, Destiny Church, individuals, but as a group of people, we need a motivation upgrade. We need a motivation upgrade. What gets you going? What's the thing inside of you that spurs you on? And we ask some big questions about your why in life and why means your reason and purpose. And I spoke about how we've got a thousand little motivators every day. We brush our teeth, we go to the toilet, we have a shower, we, 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 we plan our day, we process times that we've got to see people. There's all these motivators of why we do that. There's a reason you go to the toilet. There's a reason you go and have a shower. There's a reason you eat. And we've got hundreds throughout the day. And I, and I mentioned that with the thousand motivating factors of why we do everything we do each day, there is a really big grand scheme, grand scale, enormous why in our life. And often we're so distracted, even though they're good, we become distracted with the thousand motivators and the thousand whys that we miss the big, large why of why 
God put you on the earth and fashioned you and formed you and saw your coming and your going and chose the continent and chose the family and chose the, the season that you would be placed on earth. And we talked about what's your why, and it's a big question, and the whole world has been asking it for eons. But if we don't discover it, we fumble and bumble and just move along with the motions. And life is good, and it's great, and the thousand things that we do and tick off are beautiful and part of your life. But if there's no foundation behind the motivation then we're not actually going to be fully alive into what he's planned for us. So motivation does get us going, but there is a critical foundation before we are motivated. See, motivation gets us going, consistency keeps us going. And consistency, if it actually, that word gets to play out, which is one foot in front of the other, adhering to the same principles over and over again, then momentum will happen. It's inevitable. Momentum will happen in your life, in the church's life. So I was encouraged that the Lord was highlighting certain things and it made a lot of sense. I love this statement. The question is not whether someone is motivated, but why they are motivated and what they are motivated to do. Being motivated demands a what, which is all the external stuff in our life. If we look at our church, what is the what? Our what is a Sunday service. Our what is men's. Our what is women's. Our our what is worship. Our what is kids. They're all external things that are facilitating something. And then we have our how. What's our how? What's our why as a church? And we're going to be delving into that because the Lord's opened more stuff up around our vision and purpose as a church here where we are, geographically, but also in this, in this area um, when it comes to the things of the Spirit and influence. So motivation demands a what. If you become motivated, something will happen. It's inevitable. It causes us to do something. It's in our actions and it gets us going. But the question is not whether someone is motivated, but why they're motivated. And it's knowing our why, and that causes us to be motivated. Can we read Psalm 139? Our why fuels our motivation. Our why is is this special, immaterial thing that is deep within us all. I mentioned how Bella's just why, 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 why. Everything's why doesn't make sense. Um, it's like, why? Well, um, I don't know why the TV is. Why? I don't know. And I mentioned that it's a beautiful thing because she's learning, but it's painting an incredible picture of humanity because we've all got this large, inbuilt, immaterial, deep why. And it comes out as a kid and often it's squashed down when we start ticking off the adult list of things that we've got to do each day. All those things, it's subconscious. A lot of them are subconscious. It's inbuilt. It's learnt behaviour. We develop brain tracks and we just do it. 
You know that Nike phrase? It's one of the most popular phrases, just do it. And I'm like, I've got some problems with that Nike. It is great, just do it. Sometimes you've just got to do it. And I'm like, how pause, Nike. I think it's more, it's, it's more important to understand your personal why and the why of the Lord before you just do it. And again, everything's intention, and sometimes you just have to do it. But Nike, E, just do it. Sometimes we've got to actually go, hey, I'm Paul's Nike. I've got to discover my why, and then I'll do it. And then I won't even have to try, because it'll just pour out of me, because it's passion. It's the reason why I exist. It's the reason why he called me. And let's have a look at Psalm 139, 1 to 4 in the Passion, and then we'll jump ahead to 13 to 16. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every moment of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought before it enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. Let's jump to verse 13 to 16. You form my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside. And wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelous. Wow. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about how thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. P.S. before the foundation of the world. We were always a spirit before we were a body. Wow. Carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing into something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. It's amazing to think about. We could spend a long time on that. But going after our personal why is a really big deal for us to come alive, to fully show up. It removes the pressure of, because you're a Christian, you need to do this. When we go on a journey to discover our why, motivation comes and and life just happens because there's an inbuilt why that we've gone after, developed, sown into, allowed him to touch, shared with others, allowed us to be seen and allowed it to be cultivated so we actually can answer that enormous global question like why were you put on the planet? And you can answer it in confidence. It's not out of your reach. Jesus said, I want you to say that the kingdom is near. It's within reach, the translation is. It's close. It's, it's here. It's now. It's around you. It's in the person next to you. It's in you. It's in the, the, the second heaven. It's in heaven. It's in the kingdom realm. It's, it's everywhere we look. But often we're distracted with the thousand wise. And I remember I was struggling with this myself and I was wondering what the purpose was. I was in church mode. I was in just the, 
the, the motion of church. I was full-time at church. I was worship pastor with perfect pitch, perfect tone. <laughs> it's not true. And I, and I loved it, and I loved people, but there was a whole part of me that didn't actually know. It was a, gen, it was a general why, and general whys are good. Like praying, worship, hanging out with Christian and being encouraged and training in the supernatural, learning how to articulate and read the Bible and appropriate Old Testament scriptures in the light of the cross. That's all important. They're all general great things. They're all these pillar large truths that we all agree on and it's great and we need to apply them. But there's a thing underlying it all and that's you. That's, That's why you were built, how you were built, how you see worship, how you see prayer, how you see the Bible, how you see it because I can stand here and get a perspective of that pulpit and it's awesome but I stand around here and I get another perspective and we've all got different perspectives here and if we just say yes sir yes sir then we're just going to have this general why that's across the globe in the church and we don't have this creativity and this unique expressions that are birthed out of a person that knows their why. Because there's more people that think like you than you realize. And when you fully understand your why and show up and allow others to pull it out of you, you get to come alive and minister to people that I can't. So I just want to challenge you. Can we go after a motivation upgrade, but understand that the motivated upgrade for us to do and be and live and and to move in this life at work and church and kingdom well, let's discover our why. And we're going to talk about that in vision. We're going to put some things in place earlier in the year. I know it's a few months away, but hey, we can, we'll keep praying through it, but we're going to put some stuff in place to discover our why personally and as a church to concrete some stuff. Is that cool? So my testimony was I, I wasn't quite sure of my why. So it was just I'm a yes man and that's great all in life with my boss, and it's just like yes to everything. And yes to everything's excellent and needed in church and in work. It's honor, it's sacrifice, it's I believe what you're doing and I'm going to say yes. But there's a, there's a tipping point in all of our lives where we go from being yes, yes, yes into why the heck am I on this earth? And I remember I was feeling it one night, I was at Stairway Church in 2007, And Scott Thompson, some of you will know this story, but Scott Thompson, who was the outreach pastor at Jesus Culture, which is an, an enormous, amazing revival ministry that is now a church in Sacramento, led by Banning Liebshire. And they came out to Australia, and Scott Thompson was sharing testimonies of massive tumours dissolving, goiters dissolving. If you've got a a tumour or something that shouldn't be there, why don't you just put your hand on it or think about it if you don't want to be embarrassed just now. And as I speak, be healed in Jesus' name because testimony means do it again. Yeah, so he's just sharing about about cysts and goiters and things in, in, in bodies that shouldn't be there and they're dissolving. Metal in people's backs, people that shouldn't bend. $20,000 worth of titanium keeping a back straight because of spinal cord injury and then bending. And I don't have answers for you, church, but he's above. (laughs) 
Isaiah 55, his, his thoughts are really big and higher than ours. Psalm 115.3, it says, And the Lord sits enthroned in heaven and he does what he pleases. And I love that about God, that he's God and I'm not. <laughs> because I've got lots of questions. But that, I remember that's just started to stir something that he put in me. And yours might be different. And I, and I remember just being stirred. You know when you're stirred so much that you don't know what to do? In those moments, we either turn the channel off because there's an African kid there and we're stirred and we turn the channel off. Or we go outside because it's uncomfortable. And I was talking to someone this morning. And I was like, if we keep saying no to those stirring moments, our heart gets hardened. So they'll say the same thing six years later, three years later, two years later. And we've said no ten times and now our heart's hard. And the conviction's not there and the excitement's not there and the what if isn't there. And I remember saying, I want to be him. I know exact seat I was sitting in, and I said, I want to be him. I heard the miracles about Peter's shadow healing people, and I'm like, I don't get it, but I want my shadow to heal someone. I want to be so infused by God, and we've learned that it's not as weird and hard as we think, because his anointing remains on us. It's not something that we get tomorrow. It's on you now, and it's probably more about being aware of it than anything else. Oh, he's anointed. He is. But what if he just believes it more than you do? What if he just actually is aware of it more? Because John, it says that the Holy Spirit came like a dove and remained on Jesus. And in 1 John, I think it is, 1 John 1, 21 to 22, I think it's there. It says in his anointing, you don't need to be taught anything. Again, tension, we do need to be taught something because the anointing will teach you. And that's great to know that the anointing, the spirit of God, the smearing of God, the covering of God, the immersing of God will teach you. That's why encounters are so important. Those worship encounters, because often we're taught more about him than some texts sometimes. Sometimes. I'll be careful. But it says that, and his anointing remains. So I'd like to propose to you that it's not about slipping in and out of the anointing, of course we can grieve him and he can go, hey, hurts my heart. And we, and we talk through it like a relationship. But I'd like to propose that the anointing is on you and remains and we just become aware of it more and it can grow. So I was aware of all this and I'm like, yeah, it's all there and I'm not sure how it all works. And I'm like, I want to be you. I want to be you and I'm crying and this thing's happening, an encounter with God that I can't explain, that goes beyond just learning and understanding. It's this love that surpasses knowledge. It's genisco. It's, it's to know intimately by experience. And I was having an encounter and an experience with God around my why. Because I can do certain things. Lee's a gap filler. She can do anything. Julie's the same. Amazing. Awesome at everything. Like just feel, bang, 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 get it done, boom. And it's like, and she had this feeling a few years ago, quit your job. Everything's T-crossed, I-dotted, your whole life's sorted, your whole life's planned. You don't need me, God. You don't need me. It's all sorted. You've got a plan in place. Planning's awesome. Structure's awesome. Systems are awesome. Procedures are awesome. Policies are awesome. 
but we can get it so down to a T and then we add the thousand whys in our life and the thousand motivators and we plan so well, but we get lost in the equation. And we, we hear stories of people going, I'm going to Europe to find myself. Give me the two grand and I'll tell you. <laughs> there you are. And I get what they're saying. But we've got a generation, and it's not an age thing, it's a people alive now thing, that want to know who they are. And I love that song by Hillsong. And I find myself in you. So that moment was critical. And it ignited something around my why that is now crystal clear in my life. And I've come alive. I'm still working at things. I'm still working at how to lead, how to communicate, how to take people on a journey, how to not have it all in my head and not communicate it well to a church. I'm on a journey, but I know my why, and it brings freedom and clarity and confidence in and around what I do, and it's easier now to say no to things and to say yes to things. So I went on that journey, and you know the story, but God is just so amazing that when we were in Reading, we went for two months, visa got messed up and then we came home and saved and all this sort of crazy stuff. Went back to Reading and a friend of mine, Ken, who was out here leading worship, big beard, bald head, broke a guitar spring, place went berserk. It was awesome that morning, remember that? Um, he came out with Scott and that was great. Uh, sorry, he came out here with Scott, but six years earlier, he came over to Reading because we connected well on the coast with Justin um, and, and, and Dan Weber. And another guy there was Ken, and he came to Reading the following year and said, hey, buddy, it'd be great to catch up with you. And I'm like, sweet, let's do it, three-hour drive for him. And we caught, we caught up, and he said, I'm meeting a friend for dinner. And before I go into that story, I contacted Scott maybe six months earlier. Um, just to, No, I didn't. So I go to, I go to this getting ready for dinner. I said, no, nah, mate, you just go to dinner. It's your best friend. You haven't seen him for a long time. You go, you go. And I'm like a little worm. You know, no, nah, you go. I don't want to interrupt or wreck your night. Like, he wouldn't have asked me if you didn't. And he goes, can you just be a son and come? Well, I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> now I do. And uh, so I went. And uh, guess who turns up at the dinner? Scott Thompson. And I'm like, I had an encounter around my why and I wanted to be him about four years, five years earlier and my life blew up and was a mess because I didn't know my why and there was all sorts of bad stuff happening and I made really bad choices and it's not blaming that I didn't have my why but it was a part of it and began to speak and I remember looking at his um, tip and it was more than his meal, and it was just an amazing experience. I contacted him months later and said, hey, why don't you come out? And you guys know the story. He came out, Justin came with him and stole the show, and now we get Justin out every year, and, um, and Scott's been out twice, and it's just this amazing thing. But hear this. So we do a full two weeks, which is amazing for him to come out. We hooked up Stairway Church for him to speak at. So 2008, I have an encounter at Stairway. Then we're in 2014, six years later, after all the mess, after all the journey, after all what am I here for, after all I don't know, after all I'm ticking all these boxes but I'm not alive, after all that journey of pain and wrecked and Lee and I not living together and this crazy journey back in 2009 and 10. 
And he ministers at Stairway on that Sunday night. And we go up to the young adults. And there's about 100 kids there. And he's prophesying. And guess what happens? He goes, come up here. He, he pulled me up there with him. And here's me and Scott prophesying together, ministering together, side by side together at the young adults ministry. And I got home and I'm a mess because I'm like, God is that good that he'll go above and beyond what you can ask or imagine. And he goes, I see your whole story. I see what's in your heart. And if you come a bit closer, I'm going to call it out of you. If you surround yourself with people that are going to call it up out of you, you are going to discover your why. You are going to discover your purpose. And it's not going to be, I'm coming to church. Or I'll just go to ladies because I haven't been there for a while. Or I'll just do this. Or yeah, I'll sing. Or I'll come. Or I'll. But it's like, oh, no, no, no. I, I know my why. And I'm actually knitted and fitted together in this beautiful thing called the body of Christ. And I get to come out. I get to come alive because I'm seen and known and I know my why. Our why is not a general thing. It's personal it's unique, and it's deep. I was a landscaper. I've, I've been a landscaper for 20 years, 22, 21 years. Started when I was 16. And I'm, I did landscaping. I loved it. I'm really good at it. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> Better than Aaron. Um, <laughs> kidding for all your landscaping needs. If there's no other landscapes in the church, I want to be biased to my brother-in-law who has the same birthday as me. What a joke that is. <laughs> Marries my sister and has the same birthday as me. It's not all about me anymore, is it, on the 16th of October? It's about Aaron as well. <laughs> Brett's is the same birthday, October 16th. <laughs> so it would take cash or credit. <laughs> but I was a landscaper and I'm like, okay, great, landscaper. It's not who I am. Landscaper isn't my why. I was on star- I'm on staff now at church. It's not my why. Me being on staff is not my why. Me being a landscaper is not my why. Leadership, the house, renovation, life, it's, it's not my why. Holidays, they're not my why. Love it all. But it's not my why. My why is the reason and purpose for which I exist. And it's a big question, but it is able to be answered. And we're going to help facilitate that, and we are. We're going to begin this conversation. We're going to talk about it. I want you guys to begin to talk about it with those that you're close with. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with your why. There's a Discovering Your Why course online. We're going to help facilitate that. We'll keep you informed of when that's going to happen. But we're going to put some things in place that are going to enable us to discover who we are. The general stuff's brilliant. We can keep moving over the next two months doing brilliantly with the general stuff, with the pursuing the Lord's face, with praying, with growing in boldness, with worship, with encouraging each other, with reading the word, with reading books, with coming to church, with being involved, serving, 
helping out, running ministries. We can all continue to do that, and we will. But there's an underlying thing that needs to be addressed at some point. Does that make sense? All the stuff that we keep doing, it's great. And I'm not saying it's all just going through the motions. Never. But if we don't actually discover our personal why, then we're just going to, yes, 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 in terms of, oh, I have to be there. I have to do this because I'm fueled by my why. Can we get the team up? The band, that'd be really phenomenal. It's 10.31, isn't it? I'm going to continue this message. Um, I've got a whole second part of this message. We're going to talk about uh, discovering the, the why of Jesus, which was the will of the Father. So the why of Jesus was the will of God. So in two weeks' time, I'm going to talk about the will of God and how the will of God is not what you think it is. Sorry, guys. Apologize. Yeah, the will of God is something that we make this weird and out there thing like I just want to be in the center of his will. It's a beautiful, noble prayer. (laughs) But we're going to address this thing. Because out of that, I just want to be in the center of his will. Out of that comes, all right, break off and pray for people, church. If it's your will, God, let this tumor dissolve. If it's, if it's God's will, my friend will be saved. And we start saying stuff like that and we start confusing ourselves. We start confusing and distorting the image of God in our hearts and minds. We, we, we start to make him like a golden calf when we were invited to go up the mountain and we said no. So we're going to talk about, let's stand on our feet. We're going to talk about the will of God. We're going to talk about how the will of God was the why of Jesus. We're going to talk about if we, before we discover our personal why, we need to step into the why of Jesus because he was the exact representation of what a person could live like and live in in right relationship with the Father. So when we discover the why of Jesus, we discover that it's actually the will of the Father because he said, my food is to do the will of the Father. His disciples said, hey guys, he said, hey guys, I don't actually need food. Thanks for preparing it. Thanks for putting the fish together. It's perfectly cooked, guys. Thanks for the bread. Thanks for the the, the water or perhaps the wine. Thanks, guys. But I don't want any because my food is to do the will of the Father. As he was sweating blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, as we're engaging now, church, with him, He's saying, because he was a man, fully laid down his divinity, son of man, son of God, yes, but in this earthly context, he, he laid it all down and he became a man. So the way that you would fear the brutality of the cross, so did Jesus. And he's like, oh, wow. Isaiah 52, 14 says that, And his appearance was so disfigured 
beyond any other man. He knew he was going to be disfigured as a human by the beating and the brutality. He knew that he was going to be hung on a cross and knowing the pain of the first nail, my mind is blown that he accepted the second nail. It wasn't all three at the same time. They weren't kind. And knowing the pain of the second nail and the ongoing pain of the first, he allowed the third. And he's like, if there's any other way, let this cup be passed from me. And then he said, but not my will be done, but your will be done. Because, Father, it's my fuel. It's my food. It, it's my why. And he, he said that three times, the Bible says. It mentions it twice, and then it says, and a third time he said So we're going to talk about that, discovering the will of Jesus, discovering the will of God and how that's our why. And when that's our why, and only when that becomes our why, we discover our personal why. Of course, the two run together, but it's first when we discover our why. We're going to sing this from the top. And this is going to be the most rousing rendition of this song we've ever experienced. The band's going to another level of pressing in, as are we. I want you to confidently lift your hands. I want, to, I want you to confidently belt out to the Lord. I want you to step into a new place of loving Him. Is that okay? So can we just stir our, our love for Him in this place? We're going to do this song from top to bottom. And I want you to, if you want to come out the front, I want you to take some steps. Some of you need to just walk out the front and begin to praise Him. Is that okay, church? We've got plenty of time. But we're going to to worship Jesus together and ask Him to cement some things this morning.